Like my end of day is like three of cl- three o'clock and I've made it, you know, a non-negotiable for me to be present because that's something that I, I know I've struggled with last year and like just feeling like I was present and not always thinking about work and not always trying to work. And just re- so I can remember that I can rely on those systems and those automations and be more realistic about like, what is my capacity? What can I actually get done in a day instead of, you know, jam packing my day with a bunch of stuff and then being disappointed when it's like, well, I only got done half of the things, but it's like the, that half was a lot of stuff. So yeah, it's, you know, I've, I've found that setting really clear boundaries, getting clear with myself about what my priorities are um, and like what I, what I value have been incredibly important, you know, and matching that with some time management techniques, but also beyond the time management techniques, it's been really about understanding what's, what's a priority for me, having those boundaries and then sticking to them. Now it's by no means is a perfect but it has certainly been helpful and it feels a lot closer to perfection than it did in the past. You are now tuned in to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. I'm your host, Felicia, wife, mom, and entrepreneur. In this podcast, I'll be sharing my mompreneur journey along with strategies that will help you build your online business operations in a sustainable way. The goal is to help you build a business that fits into your lifestyle as a mom who values putting family first. We will also hear the experiences and expertise of other moms with service-based businesses. You'll get a peek into our journeys so you'll know that you aren't alone. Motherhood gets hard. Entrepreneurship gets hard. But together, we can do hard things. Welcome to the suite. All right. Hey, friends, welcome to another episode. Thank you so much for joining us. We have a guest with us this week, Miss Sharice Ennis. She is a marketing automation and sales funnel builder. Sharice uses her marketing communications background and knowledge of marketing technology to help businesses leverage automation and create profitable premium sales funnels that bring in clients and sales on autopilot. Y'all know I love talking about automation. So this is going to be fun for me. I hope it's just as entertaining for you all as well. So Sharice, welcome. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm good. I I mean, I can't wait to, I also love geeking out and talking about about sales funnels and automations and all the tech stuff. Tell us just a little bit more about you and your business, how you kind of got started doing what you do. Yeah. So my name is Sharice and I own Sharice & Co. And um, I've been working in like the online business space since 2014. And when I first got started, I started as a, a like general virtual assistant, but I have a background. I have a bachelor's degree in advertising and marketing communication. So I've always sort of leaned towards doing more marketing. And I found myself getting a lot of requests around marketing, but also tech and folks really needing, especially you know, small micro businesses, like sole sole operator, sole proprietor businesses needing the tech piece to really stay, you know, relevant and active in this digital age. And so um, as time evolved, I went from, I, you know, I specialized in like supporting course creators and getting their courses set up and, you know, building the sales funnel around the course to doing more of the, the sales funnel piece, because I found that that really is where the the impact is because we could set up your course and your course could look beautiful, but if you don't have a pathway to sell it, if you can't sell it, 
you know, that's not making income. You're not really seeing the results of that investment in like building and creating that content. So, um, you know, with my background in advertising and marketing communications, I d- decided to, you know, transition into focusing primarily on marketing automation and building sales funnels because, you know, I feel like that's where my strength is, is being able to marry the strategy with the execution and particularly from the from the tech standpoints. And it's been it's been wonderful. It's been a wonderful journey ride of, of in, in business. But then also during this journey, I became a mother five years ago. I can't believe it's already been almost actually almost six at this point. And so that has also really changed and shaped like what my business has looked like, but also like the reasons and the goals behind it and and sort of the vision for it. And and it's been it's been great. It's been wonderful. I love that. So first of all, you said you you started back in 2014, which a lot of people when I ask them, a lot of people have started more recently, like 2020 around the pandemic is when a lot of people shifted into entrepreneurship. But 2014, that's a little ways back. I started in 2016. And so kudos to you for just sticking it out. I know entrepreneurship is, you know, a ride. It's a journey. And we pivot. And, you know, you mentioned you started out kind of doing BA work. And I think that's important to highlight as well. Like when you start your business that thing that you start with might not be the thing that you end up with. You kind of evolve and you grow and you find what works for you. Your lifestyle might change, all of these different things. And so uh, your story just kind of highlights all of that. Now, we're, we are going to get into, you know, your mom journey as well. But let's just kind of set the stage, set the foundation, because we're throwing around these terms, sales funnel and all this. So can you break down what a sales funnel is? Yeah, I'm so glad that we're starting here because... I feel like depending on who you ask, you might get a different answer. And so I think it's great that we could just sort of like lay the ground flat and all use the same definition, which I'll be honest, even for me and marketing, I found defining it to be a little bit complicated because it is somewhat of a complex concept. So, but a sales funnel essentially is a structured process that takes potential customers or clients from, you know, that initial awareness of your service, your product, your offering, all the way to making the purchase. And so it's divided into different stages, into three different stages. You have your top of funnel, middle of funnel, bottom of funnel. And the reason why it's even called a funnel is because it it's sort of like an upside down triangle. So it's got your wide part at the top where that's, you know, phase one, stage one, your top of funnel where you're building awareness, getting traffic, people are, are learning who you are, then, you know, some of those people may not be interested. So now we're whittling it down a little bit further into the people who are interested. And then we whittle it down even further to the people who are actually going to buy. So those are, you know, sort of how the different stages break down. And, you know, additionally, to go even further and deeper, right, these stages really um, they overlap with the buyer's journey of awareness, interest, consideration, and conversion. And at each stage, our, the goal really is to nurture and guide our prospects to becoming customers. And so I think the reason why you hear the term sales funnel a lot is because it really is, you know, visually and conceptual, conceptually too, a really great way to think about or contain really all of the marketing activities that you're doing to get traffic and to 
uh, to get traffic into becoming a customer or sale. So I hope I hope that I didn't go too deep. <laughs> no, no, no. That was a good explanation. And I love that you started by saying that it's a structured process. One of the things that I emphasize so much when I'm talking about, you know, like systems and all those other words that people throw around is that the process is really the foundation of it. You know, we're going to talk about the automation in a second, but you need to have the process. You need to know what the strategy is, like what are you actually doing before you hop into automating these things? And I think sometimes in the online space, because it is online, when people hear sales funnel, they automatically think like the tech side of it and not the process that Yeah. And that's why with every client, we start with strategy. Even if they come to me with a strategy, like I need to do a webinar funnel, we need to map it out so that we know what are the steps, what's happening, what is the process. Make sure that it makes sense because sometimes we find like, oh, we hadn't, you know, considered for this part or this scenario. But yeah, you're absolutely right. Like a sales funnel in a sense really is about creating a sales system. It's about the, the process. Y'all can't see us, but I'm like smiling so hard over here because I love talking about this. So now we have the 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 system that we've created, the process. So now for you, I know you do the tech piece and the automation of it as well. Like, why do you believe that part of the automation is critical for business growth when it comes to the sales process? Yeah, I think that's an excellent question. I'm so glad that you asked this question because I think automation gets a bad rap especially now that we have like AI coming out. I feel like tech is getting even more of a bad rap. So on that end, it's actually, it's actually multifaceted. It's about the consumer or client experience. So saying DM me to receive this, you know, freebie or link or whatever. Like you want to respond to them on their time when they're interested, when they sent you that DM, not when you're available. And it also like takes that workload off of you. But people... People don't have time. Like you want to be able to respond when they're ready and need it, right? And when you onboard somebody too, I think about automation in terms of like onboarding system, right? You want to send them that contract, that invoice, let them pay, get that automatic welcome email so they feel good about the purchase that they just made. So sometimes automation isn't about do you have the capacity to do this manually, but rather about what will it give to the user? How does it make this strategy or tactic more effective? How does it enhance the experience? And then the bottom line is that it's critical for your business growth because it's going to streamline and save you time and create efficiency in your business. And I think that's the biggest thing that we're seeing with folks who are feeling burnt out these days that their businesses don't run efficiently because they don't have systems, they don't have processes. You're doing everything manually and from scratch and very custom. And it's like, yeah, I mean, not saying that you can't do custom work and snap custom proposals, but some parts of that need to be streamlined and automated. You know, even if you do have a team, right, the best efficiency is going to be automating something where you take the mental load and responsibility off of someone else's plate so that they are now freed up to, you know, focus on other activities, focus on higher value activities. So I personally, that's why I'm like, I think automation is really important. I know that tech isn't always reliable, doesn't always go as smoothly as we want, but when we do work within it and get comfortable with it, you can make it work smoothly and you can make it feel warm and personable without it being cold. And I really think that it's, it's sometimes it's underrated in terms of where it fits into 
your business growth. I like how you mentioned that it's not just about your capacity, because I think that's what a lot of people just kind of go to like, oh, I can just do it myself or, oh, I don't have that many clients. But you speaking about the experience and what they're going to receive is super important, too. Like I always give the example of how you can have, if you're not using automation, you can have two different people going through the same quote unquote process, but they have totally different experiences kind of based on you and when you respond to them, how you respond to them. And so automation just really allows everybody to have that same high level experience, right? So things aren't falling through the cracks. Like you said, just relieving yourself and your team members of that mental load. So I like how you put that. Now, having said all of that, when should somebody start implementing sales funnels, like the automated sales funnel in their business? Like, should they be at a certain revenue level, certain capacity? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think first off, if you have a business and you're selling something, whether or not you've set up a sales funnel, you have a sales funnel, right? Because it really is about that structured process of going from I'm aware to I'm now a customer or client. And so even if you haven't intentionally set one up, even if it's not automated, you have one, right? So in my opinion, there really isn't a time when you sort of start or don't start. It's rather... When do you start getting intentional about it? When do you start, I think, using maybe more advanced strategies or tactics to, you know, optimize it and and get different and get better results? Um, so I think it, in some ways, too, right, it depends on like what your goals are and, and, and maybe, you know, what your opportunities or challenges are as well. But I would say like, you know, even if you're not ready to automate it, per se, but I would say automation is actually not, it's not as expensive or as challenging as it seems, or even as complicated as it seems like a, a simple automated funnel could be that you're, that people can sign up for your service guide and you're sending that out to them automatically when they sign up for the form or sign up to go on your website through the email form. That's a simple way to automate it. So I actually recommend that all businesses, you know, take a step back or business owners, entrepreneurs, um, especially solopreneurs, and think about what is my process? What is this? What are the step by steps that folks are going through? And then find the areas where you can automate, where you have, um, you know, the budget or capacity to do that, and you know, start to automate it because it doesn't have to be like this big webinar funnel that you're doing, right? And I think, you know, you bring up a really great point because I have folks sometimes reach out to me about, you know, selling low ticket offers or doing like self-liquidating offer funnels, which you may have noticed. I think a lot of people have noticed at this point, there's a lot of folks selling $7 and $19 little offers that then have an order bump. And then there's a, but wait, here's this one-time offer thing. That's called a self-liquidating offer funnel. And What's great about that strategy is it helps you offset your Facebook advertising costs. So it's like that little bit of money you make on the front end helps pay for those that, that money that you're putting out to get leads, right? It's a more complex uh, strategy, but, you know, there was a time when it was like that was being really promoted as like, you know, make a lot of money with tiny offers or small products or what have you or low ticket offers. And the strategy is really smart. It's really attractive, but it's not for everyone. It's not for the beginning entrepreneur who doesn't have a lot of content, who doesn't have content that they can repurpose 
into creating products. And then now, my goodness, with AI and, you know, private label right products and master right reseller things, you know, people can easily now do this. But, you know, I would say those types of funnel strategies are really for those who have gotten more advanced and have gotten good at creating content. They have a flow of traffic. They've got consistent income. Because as your marketing becomes more sophisticated, you got to be able to be okay with that trial and error of like, this may not work the first go around. And, you know, just be willing to sort of test and see how things work and have different variables. Now, of course, um, you know, also once you have, you know, more experience under under your belt to know what works and know that you've really mastered, say, your sales calls. You know, that's when you can start to predict things too and say like, all right, I know if I could get more traffic, if I get them to my sales call, I know I'm converting at, you know, X percent, you know, you can start to predict what that success looks like and sort of hedge some of that trial and error so that you're not having complete flops. But um, I would say the, the best place to start is just getting intentional with your sales funnel. And whether you're just starting or you're more advanced or have been doing this for years, there's no better time to get intentional about it than than right now. Than right now. Totally agree with that. Um, and like you said, you don't have to start with like the SLO funnel and it doesn't have to be so complicated and have all the bells and whistles. I love that you said, even if it's not automated, you have a sales funnel, right? Mm -hmm. So can you walk through... Kind of just talk us through something that's simple. You you touched on it a little bit, but something that's simple, a process that maybe you've done with a client before of a sales funnel, like from just start to finish. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So a sales funnel, you know, for myself, right? I think the service guide funnel is a really great, easy funnel for service providers. And I think it's actually a really effective way for service providers because what I have found in this space is that there's a lot of advice for like coaches, consultants, those who are selling expertise. Granted, service providers are also selling expertise, but you're also selling a deliverable. And I feel like the mindset of that, that target audience, someone who's looking for a deliverable is much different than someone who's looking for a coach, you know, because you're looking for a coach, you're looking for someone you like, who you gel with, who there's, there's a different sort of sales process. Whereas for, I think for a service provider, a really simple one that is overlooked is just, you know, being able to send traffic to that service guide or send traffic to that book a call page, right? So one of the, one of my ways, and actually this is currently on my site, I go to the final service page and the call to action is to get on a sales call because I need to, to chat with you and we need to make sure that you're a good fit and make sure that this is the right investment for you and make sure that you know, the, the scope of your funnel project is something that, that you're ready for and that's something that we can take on. And that's a really simple funnel as well that a lot of people probably already have in their business, but don't realize that like if you're sending traffic to that, it's really send traffic to a conversion point. You know, that is like overall funnel strategy is like traffic to a point where people can convert and then nurture them. So book a call funnel, Another funnel that we see a lot, especially this works well for coaches and for service providers, like the high ticket application funnel, we're sending traffic to like, okay, so this application, we'll review it and then we'll see if, you know, we're a good fit. I'd say those are like the three, those are three like easy funnels to get started with. The application one might be a little bit, a little bit challenging in that 
perhaps, you know, dialing in your questions so that you're not just asking like 100 questions for the sake of asking questions, but you're asking really specific, um, purposeful, meaningful questions. But other than that, I would say those three funnels are like the the ones that I actually recommend to start with. That's so interesting. And I was always curious about the services that I've seen. I haven't seen a lot of people do it, but I have seen it. And I was wondering how that converted. So from like me personally, as a consumer, I don't want to have to put my email in to get the service guy. So I always wonder how it is on the opposite end, if it converted well for business owners to do that. To do that. But you're saying that it does. So that's really, really interesting. And I think that's just to highlight like different things work for different people mm-hmm. in their businesses as well. Also, you kind of just highlighted how simple it is. And I'm glad you did that. That was the point of me asking because it is super simple and it's not something that has to be like overcomplicated. Um, earlier on, we talked about being intentional with your sales funnel and really crafting the process and everything. And so, you know, in the beginning, you talked about how you've been in entrepreneurship since 2014. And I'm assuming that business had to kind of shift a little bit once you had your daughter. What did your business look like prior to motherhood versus after? And what kind of changes did you have to make? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think I knew what what I was getting into. (laughs) That's where it really came back to like having a good support system, both in my business and outside of my business. And I have been mostly solo in my business, but it became about like having just like the other uh, professionals in this space to connect with, but also creating the system, like the actual processes, structures, automation and routines to support me being a working mother. And also like, you know, that mindset shift to an identity shift of like, uh, now you're a working mother, which it sounds so simple. It just brings up all this stuff and all this self-development work starts happening because you're like, I didn't know I was carrying all this baggage and such. Um, but in terms of of what that that meant for my business is that over the past five years, I've been figuring, figuring that out. My resourcefulness has kicked into full gear of figure stuff out. Um, structure things, systemize things and standardize as much as possible. And, you know, really being committed to doing the prep work and asking for help. I think that's been the biggest thing. And the thing that I've realized that I had not done prior in my business and even in my personal life to some degree is just asking for help, not being afraid to ask for help. And realizing like you don't have to do it all. That's been, I think that's been the biggest thing is realizing you don't have to do it all. And I, for me, I realized I think it felt like cheating if I had help. And it took me, particularly in my business, and it took me a while to realize that that's not the case. (laughs) That's that's not it at all. I mean, businesses hire employees. You hire help, you know, like that is that is what they do. But to really like unpack that, like, like why do I feel like I have to do it all and do all the things? Um, which is also why, you know, automation has become so um, important to me and my business personally. As I was working in my clients' businesses and seeing how automation is helpful, seeing how these sales funnels actually help them 
make more money and be able to make money while they are, you know, taking care of their clients or, you know, spending time with their kids. Just the fact that it helps their business continue to run without them being tied to their computer also made me realize, like, you know, it's time to stop putting all of this work right into my client's work and also do it for myself. Because I think that's the other thing a lot of us as service providers are oftentimes guilty of is like being the cobbler who's cobbler's children who have no shoes. <laughs> and so it's like our clients are all set. They look good, but, you know, having to take care of your own your own business. So I, I would say prior to, it was me working at my computer all the time. Um, and it wasn't even until my daughter got a little bit older until that was like really not an option. Like, cause in that newborn phase, they sleep a lot so you can get away with it. But, um, you know, once that ended, it was like, all right, I gotta, I gotta change something. And so, yeah, automation has certainly helped because like you said about the systems and processes, they really go hand in hand together. Yeah. It's so funny. You said uh, you didn't know what you were getting yourself into. I was the exact same way. I talked about this like in one of our first episodes because I also was in entrepreneurship before I had my daughter. And I just thought, you know, oh, it'll be fine. I can just keep working the way I work and she'll just kind of tag along with me and it'll be good. But it wasn't. And so I definitely had to, you know, figure out, okay, how is this going to work? And automation, like for you, did play a big part in that for me as well. But I think it's definitely a relatable journey for the people that are listening. Now, in terms of your day to day, what does that look like for you in balancing motherhood and entrepreneurship? It's a juggling act. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's all about finding the right rhythm. And sometimes that rhythm looks a little bit different depending on the season. But I think particularly this year with her starting kindergarten, um, we've been able to get into a pretty good rhythm. Um, it also just changing how I'm even just organizing my day. So typical day is like I, I try to get up before everyone else. I'm not a morning person, so I don't always get up before everyone else, but I try to get up before everyone else just to get myself grounded and like ready because I realize getting myself ready, it just grounds me and makes for a better, smoother day. Um, you know, then we're all getting ready, getting out, out the house to get to school. I get to come back and I've been better about using like time blocking and batching to work through the, the, the hours I have while she's at school. And then I pick her up and around like three o'clock. And so after that, it's like, that's when I, I check out. Every now and then I might have a client meeting that comes up, but that's like my end of day is like three o'clock, three o'clock. And I've made it, you know, a non-negotiable for me to be present because that's something that I, I know I've struggled with last year and like just feeling like I was present and not always thinking about work and not always trying to work. And just re- so I can remember that I can rely on those systems and those automations and be more realistic about like, what is my capacity? What can I actually get done in a day instead of, you know, jam packing my day with a bunch of stuff and then being disappointed when it's like, well, I only got done half of the things, but it's like that, that half was a lot of stuff. So, yeah, it's, you know, I've, I found that setting really clear boundaries, getting clear with myself about what my priorities are um, and like what I what I value have been incredibly important. You know, I'm matching that with some time management techniques, but also beyond the time management techniques, it's been really about understanding 
what's what's a priority for me having those boundaries and then sticking to them now it's by no means is it perfect but it has certainly been helpful and it feels a lot closer to perfection than it did in the past you know a lot of times we are looking for we want the framework we want the strategy of how can we make this work and really what you said which i think is really important is first understanding what your priorities and your non-negotiables are going to be and then crafting, you know, your life and your business around those things. And so definitely think that's super important. Like, what are your priorities? And it might not be the same priorities as as someone else, right? And that's okay. But really sit down and give your, yourself that space and time to think about what do I value? What do I want my life to look like? And what are my priorities? Then what boundaries do I need to set to make that a reality? Mm-hmm. I think it's very relatable definitely is a juggling act. And like you said, every day doesn't always go, you know, the way we might intend to, but it's about being flexible in that rhythm. So I definitely, definitely love that you said that. Now, as we wrap up, let people know how they can connect with you. And if you have anything coming up, share that with us as well. Yeah, I would love to, you know, stay in contact on Instagram. I'm most active on Instagram. You can find me at Sharice and Co on Instagram. And then you can also um, find me on my website. You can download the free guide. It is the sales funnel blueprint, which is all about the strategies for automating your revenue. You can find that at and yeah, right now, I mean, that's that's what I have going on. I'm releasing more templates, more digital products, because I want to be able to help folks who aren't quite ready to make that investment in in the done-for-you service. But I mean, we could talk for days about sales funnels and motherhood and entrepreneurship. So I, it was a joy to be here. So thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Thank you for coming on and sharing your expertise with us and your story. And guys, all of Sharice's info will be in the show description and notes. So make sure you connect and get the info that you need for your sales funnel so your systems can work for you. Let the workflow work for you. That's what I've been saying lately. So again, thank you, Cherise. Thank you guys for joining us. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thank you for listening to the Mom CEO Suite podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, can you do us a favor? Leave a review on iTunes and share with other moms in business like you. Help us spread our message and empower others who are at this intersection of motherhood and entrepreneurship.